just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. What's going on, everybody, and happy holidays. This is Justin with Meals for the A-Show. Holiday slash Christmas slash uh, whatever denomination you choose to be represented by. Kwanzaa. Slash Hanukkah. Slash slash year-end show, part two on the A-Show. Last week, of course, we went through... Uh, a bevy of different topics uh, for our year in episode, including TLC. And you can check that out on the A Show RNC network. But this week, we're going to finish up all of our, uh, we're going to finish up all of our categories for the year in, and we're going to let you guys go enjoy your freaking Christmas because, of course, we're dropping this on a holiday today. So yeah. uh, if you're listening, thank you guys for listening on. on Very bold of us to drop on a holiday, but hey, hey man. Well, hey, we're... there's only so many days of the week, and there's yeah. only. <laughs> You know, it just is what it is. We're not going to drop it all on Tuesday. We don't feel like dropping it on Thursday. Wrestling has moved around so much. It's yeah. like, you know what? Maybe you get it on Christmas and you enjoy this on Christmas as well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you've gotten so much content from us this week. Of course, you got the uh, episode of Spot Callers that came out on Christmas Eve yesterday uh, with me and Cyrus reviewing ECW December to Dismember. Meals, if you get a chance to listen to that, please. I don't know why you would do that to yourself. <laughs> But <laughs> why you would do that? Why you and Cyrus? I'm assuming it's Osiris' idea. No, it was mine. Cyrus, you know Cyrus. Wow. Didn't, he, Cyrus didn't even start watching wrestling until like three years ago, four years ago. So like that wow. was. I just wanted to go back and and you know I like being a, a, a I'm a curmudgeon for history. So of course, uh, I, I mean I, I'm sure you can look back at it and you will still find the nostalgia, the trash nostalgia of it all because it's still. Heart garbage, but you know what? I'm sure that the circumstances around it are very, very interesting. So, you know what? I'm actually going to go back and listen to that episode as I'm running around um, all day today, um, all day, hopefully not tomorrow. Um, I'll definitely have time tomorrow to listen to it, but yeah, it's a you know, what a pay per view that was! <laughs> yeah, and what a time that was. I mean, I even mentioned it there, it was like, you know, this was. This this show did like ninety k buys, where other shows were at the time doing three hundred k. Yeah, that pay per view was so bad. The following pay per view, they had to make a really great match up. Yeah, to yeah. make up for the fact that that pay per view was so bad, it, and that is where we got the ladder match. Yeah, the classic ladder match that mm-hmm. Joey Mercury breaks the Muda scale. Yeah, and and uh and then from from there another thing that was that was kind of not said and I don't think I mentioned it on the show, all of the pay-per-views became co-branded after that show. <laughs> oh yeah. They were like, "No, we're not doing this again." No. <laughs> That's why we've never seen a 205 live pay-per-view. <laughs> no. <laughs> what would that even look like? Um I I don't 205 live. 
<laughs> oh god wow come on bro come on i i would enjoy i would enjoy it i just don't think people will watch it that's, well, that's the only they, you know what they tried it a little bit i i don't know if it was early this year or was it late it was it was early last um, year it was early it was january of last year or of this year yeah no, it was january this year they tried the little house show thing where it was like, okay, we're going to do a 205 live house show. And it was just like, you know what? You know what? <laughs> Never mind. Um, you know, we'll stick them where we stick them. And that's where we, and now at this point, 205 live at the end of 2019, is like <laughs> just, you know, they're on call. Sometimes there's the show. Sometimes there isn't the show. Um, at least they're on NXT now. Triple H has brought them. And they're in. better off there. They're better they're off on NXT. 100%, 100% better off. Especially like the way they've done Leo and Angel Garza, and you know, it, it's just a, I think, a, a much better move. It, it makes more sense. Like these these people should be in full cell where they'll actually get over, and that's you know, they'll get a reaction for the things that they do. Like I think those Leo and Garza matches um, were heightened very much by the fact that the crowd was into it that much. Yeah, I agree. So. Uh, what what was the biggest thing in wrestling? It was a really slow week for wrestling last week. I mean, the biggest thing in wrestling this week, the Phantom um, Punches, <laughs> Phantom Punches, botches galore. You know what? I think for the most part, everyone tried to mind their business and enjoy their holiday. A lot of things were taped early. Yeah. Um, especially, especially. I mean, WWE got all their taping out the way, which to me is great, considering you know it was just two years ago where I felt bad for the talent because they had to work on Christmas. Um. Which is, I mean, other athletes do it, so I guess why they, you know, why they do it. Um, but it just seemed just kind of sad, especially for a show that no one watches. Um, for them to be working and working live and all this other stuff like that. So um, I thought that was interesting. Um, also this week, NXT topped AEW in the ratings and the viewership yeah. for the yeah. first time. Yeah. So more viewers, more people. It's looking it's not a good look for the end of the year for AEW. It looks like they're really, you know, trying to figure out all the things that are going on. And I think you can kind of figure that out as if you take a listen to the war report, which came out earlier this week, um, kind of figure out what went right, what went wrong and what, you know, long term plan, what long term they need to do afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking through everything. It just seems like it's a bunch of... You know what's weird that wrestling journalists do now? They report on tweets. How weird yeah. is that? They, I've, never, I've never thought that was like... And, and you know what? I won't just put it on wrestling journalists. I'll put it on like like music outlets and stuff like that. Like Reporting on tweets is like literally like lizard brain. Like, like It's just like, what is the How is that news? Yeah, that's... I've... Listen, I've been reading through, I think, wrestling journalism in 2019 itself has just taken a, a downturn of downturns. And I'm not saying all of it is bad, but I will say like 94% of it is not as substantial as you probably like to believe. I think a large part of it is that, to be honest with you, I think a large part of it is that WWE and, you know, AEW, maybe even Impact ROH needs to be a lot more open and a lot more inviting to these journalists to be able to tell great stories. I think if you had the opportunity to ask these people these questions instead of WWE kind of skirting around it, um, you get a lot better content. But in result, I think you get a lot of people reporting on tweets or hearsay. I, I saw an article yeah a couple of weeks ago of just hearsay it wasn't even and and they didn't even have a source nor did they go to say like hey we asked wwe for their thoughts it was just like 
well, this happened, so we just assume she has a concussion. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she probably does have a concussion, but it would be great to confirm that. I mean, you're not a doctor or anything, but, you know, it would be great to confirm that. Um, but it's just, to me, it's just taking such a downturn. And I, I don't feel like being the person to try to bring it back, to be honest. They don't even, even say allegedly. Like, I, and I think you're mentioning the Kyrie news from, from last yes. week. People yes, say, yes, yes. They kept her off because she has a concussion. I was just like, well, no one announced this. No one said anything. It's just like, okay, you can go with by internet scuttlebutt. And, and that's just like the culture of it. But it's just like, there's like such a severe lack of journalistic integrity that mm-hmm. goes into wrestling journalism that it's just like, the bare minimum makes you the greatest journal- journalist of all time in wrestling. Right. Like, you just do the bare minimum. So tweets make you the best. Very spicy tweets will make you the best uh, yeah. journalism of all time. I don't know. It's it's just weird. Um, uh, what other things happened this year? <laughs> uh, or, I mean, this week, nothing. I mean, oh, this week. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean. Nothing really happened. Yeah. Uh, no, any, maybe that's for the best. <laughs> any any quick uh, any any quick SmackDown thoughts? Raw thoughts? Mm, uh, SmackDown. Ooh. Um, I, th- I, I thought SmackDown's opening and and, and uh, main event were very solid. I don't even remember what opened SmackDown. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I didn't watch it. That's why. Yeah. Um. Not that I didn't watch SmackDown. I just didn't manage to get home in time for the opening. You know what? It was a very holiday-esque type of deal. It was chilling. Um, <laughs> Baron Corbin is really holding the show together. <laughs> I mean, no Roman Reigns on the show either. No Roman Reigns. And you, is there a reason for that? Uh, no, not that, not that I have heard. But I will say that since he's returned, he does take the odd uh, – two or three shows off a month. So I, I will say that, that that's in line with what's been happening anyway. He's like, I get early Christmas. He, at this point, he's got to wrestle on Steve Harvey's New Year's Eve. Uh, spectacular. What's that just, like? <laughs> I don't know. Roman. <laughs> well, I ain't met a boy named Roman since, you know. Is, is he going to wrestle uh, Cedric the Entertainer? Like, what, what's I don't know. I don't know. It's so funny. Oh, my God. I hope it's not like... Um, the NBA and TNT halftime thing with Chris oh, Jericho. Chris Jericho. Oh my where God. Kenny and Kenny is just trying. No, no, no. It's um, uh, it's Jack and Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just pulling Chuck down, and it's like Chuck looks like he can't even move anyway. Charles, poor Charles Barkley. He's like he can't even move anyway. He might about to be piss his pants. Oh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> so awkward. That was such an awkward uh, interview. Chris I, Jericho I, I, was such a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, he, he he was like telling stories. Shaq didn't give a two shits about that story at all like it was just like yeah whatever but how about uh can you slam me bro can you slam me <laughs> let me let me show you an elbow drop this is gonna be my new finish <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah oh my god oh, but yeah Roman, no roman on smackdown uh we, we did get a quite a we got we got an explanation through non-explanation as to what happened to uh daniel bryan for the past two weeks yeah as in he said he said he don't rem- he doesn't remember where he was but when he woke up he didn't have no hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I was just like, you know what? I I, I like the way that they kind of hand waved it and said, you know what? This is this is literally this is just what happened. Don't worry about it. Yeah, not bad. I, I think, think Smack are. SmackDown is still in in dire straits, in my opinion. They're still they still don't have anything to shake anything. We're seeing Dana Brooke versus Bailey for the second time this month. 
Well, some things are, are coming together. I do. I do. I, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I do enjoy. That. I do enjoy or did enjoy the Lacey Evans uh, segment with Sasha. I think they're doing a lot to try and get her over as a baby face. And I think for the most part is working. That kid is aggressive. Yeah, that <laughs> kid, kid is definitely. I thought she was going to have kid. I thought she was no gonna offense. have a heated. Uh, I thought she was gonna have a heated gamer moment. No <laughs> offense, her kid looks like she's going to bite Sasha. Like, oh god! I felt like that's how I felt. I was like, you better put your fingers back. She might chomp on that real quick. Um, but yeah, you know what? They're making. It looks like they're making a blood feud out of this. So you know what? Try I'm your into, best. I'm, I'm still not. I'm still not cheering for Lacey Evans, but. I'm sure maybe I'll get around one day. Well, they're attempting the they're attempting the the, the long road into uh, making her a a star here. I mean, you've had her in, in with Charlotte, you've had her in with Becky this year, and then uh, Sasha and Bailey seem to be on the on the palette for uh, 2020. So we'll see how it shakes out. I think the main problem with with Lacey again, and we said this this year, is her gimmick. I just don't like her gimmick. It's, yeah, it's her nice. gimmick is very passe. It's very yeah. like 80s, yeah. very early 90s. It's not. It's like I can see her outgrowing it. Honestly, I can really see her outgrowing the gimmick and it turning yeah. into something else. And no, I think I, I agree. I agree I, as well. I think that it will it will definitely look like something else in the summertime, and I I would not be. Uh, against that. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it either, to be honest with you. It's such a small crowd NXT type gimmick that they that they do where it's just like you have people like Alistair where it's like that's something that could translate all all around or Bailey where that's something that could translate all around. Lacey's could not get out of full sale. That's literally it. That that was a that was a gimmick to pop full sale and you know, that's where I, I see it. It's, it's such a low rent, like low budget. Yeah. Here's the thing though. I've always, and I, and I take a look back at it and I think, you know, one thing that helped me realize it this week, I was also listening to the black announce table podcast. Shout out to those guys. But one thing that popped in my head when their you know, discussion on it, I feel like Lacey Evans just in general still hadn't had the big, like she, she was on a role in NXT and I think that could have continued if they kept her there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally she was called up. I wouldn't say she was called up too soon, but I don't think she was. She shouldn't have been called up without getting a lot of the major reps that stars should go through if mm-hmm. you want to become a very great star on the main show. And I think maybe Alexa Bliss is the exception to that because she really didn't get any major, major opportunity on the show. They, they um, threw her to the wolves, though. Like, yeah. She survived. Yeah, 100%. But I don't think it works best. I mean, I'm seeing this for, like, like Liv Morgan. We're expecting something out of Liv Morgan, but it's like, when it comes to the in-the-ring stuff, it's like, well, how, how much can we really expect, like... Or even Sarah Logan in, a, in an aspect. Like, Sarah Logan, I don't even think she... She was in NXT for maybe a show or two. Yeah. Um, before she got called up to the main roster. And, you know, we haven't seen really much from her. Same as Dana Brooke. I mean, I think the exception to the rule is Liv Morgan. But there's so many talent that just haven't had the right amount of reps. And there's so many talent in NXT right now who've had way more reps than they've ever needed yeah. <laughs> and have just been chilling there with like nothing to do. Um, Hopefully we see at least in the next year, a lot more streamlined uh, call up. Cause I mean, I feel like all the women on NXT right now have been there a long time. Like EO's, yeah. EO's coming up on her second year. Mm-hmm. Bianca's on her like fourth year. Uh, Candice, 
like second second or third year i think a lot of them are coming yeah. up and like like shana is on her third year as well like it's coming up and, and i think you know it might be time for her to go too but i i think that my opinion and yours too meals will, will change depending on if her gimmick changes and if they actually have good matches with sasha who you know sasha seems incapable of having a bad match with anyone so um we'll see what happens when that finally happens but uh big thing big things happening on smackdown this week uh, you're going to have a triple threat match that's going to determine who faces the Fiend at Royal Rumble between Baron Corbin, Daniel Bryan, and The Miz. Why is Baron Corbin in it? <laughs> because he won the match. No, 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 no. He didn't win the match last week. Um, Why the fuck is he in it? Because <laughs> he'd be no Roman. He'd be Roman. Yeah, but so, like, I bet if Roman won, Roman wouldn't have been in that match. Like, I still don't get why... <clears throat> Baron Corbin is like the through because Baron Corbin, I don't think he's going to win. I could no. be wrong. No, I think we're um, going to get up. I think, I think it's going to go the way that we we think it's going to go, and that's going to be a triple threat match because the one thing you haven't had the Fiend go against yet is is two other dudes. Yeah, so I feel like, and that's probably the best opportunity to actually get him out and you know get that championship off of him. To be honest with you, um, but I think it's just so weird that he's like Baron Corbin is really like the through pin. Not that say. Not to say that he doesn't deserve it because he works hard. I think everyone at this point in 2019 going into 2020, you kind of, if you don't see it for Baron Corbin entirely, you can just respect how hard he works Mm -hmm. and how good he is at being hated. Yeah. Um, You need that because if you, if you have Miz and Brian as faces, like there's not a lot of heat to that match right now between those two by themselves. Yeah, but Baron playing spoiler as he always does, like that's the that's a better hook for that triple threat. Even if he's not going to win, right? Um, I do think Roman's going to come back next week and make sure that doesn't happen. But we're seeing like the more interesting version of Corbin on like Raw with Seth, right? Yeah, like Seth. You know, Baron Corbin has his lackeys and all the people who does it with, but Seth kind of makes it seem cool. And I'm not saying that he's just cooler because he has a leather jacket on. But I just think there's an overall story and there seems to be a journey and people kind of respect the, you know, the direction that it's taking. Seth is kind of like Seth is less hokey. That's why. Yeah. He's not wearing a fucking crown. I think Seth being like a mafioso leader, like everyone's like, well, it's just him with two other guys again. It's just like, no, it's like it's different. When he was was a sniveling chicken shit heel. When he was with the shield, it was like the shield. When he's with with, with AOP, it's like he's like this, you know, really cocky. He think he's he's like the the delusional heel now. Yeah, he he said he walks past them as they're you know they're going through the whole ending of Raw with the Samoa Joe segment. He's like, get him, finish him. Yeah, finish him, and then they just start beating him up. And I was just like, See, I, this is. I love his face when he when he did that. That was crazy. Shout out to shout out again to 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 Rollins Hive. They. They keep me on my toes with the with the Seth Rollins fandom. I tell you, yeah, one hundred percent. Actually, let's talk about Raw. Let's talk about Raw. Um, yeah, let's talk about better things. To be some, honest with you, really fun show uh, this week on on Raw. I gotta say, like, yeah. there's, a, there's at least two or three segments on Raw every week that I really really enjoy. This was a holiday show which no one is supposed to watch, and it's not supposed to be interesting at all. And it came out like passable. Yeah, so. and it, it was also taped. So yeah. it ended up still being cool. You had Kevin Owens doing way too much to get over Mojo Rawley. <laughs> Somebody got to get over Mojo Rawley. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I don't want to say I hate Mo because I don't hate Mojo. I think there's a role for him. I just don't know what. 
but uh, there's a role yeah. for him some because he can speak very well and he's probably he's one good. of the more he's probably one of the better speakers on the roster to be honest you know what, you know what his role is what taking over in that chair when Samoa Joe is gone oh right oh yeah you could be right he probably yeah. be pissed though <laughs> ooh, ooh. The Mojo? He probably, they, yeah he probably they, be pissed he's been in the system like six years bro like yeah but he's he's so like gung-ho and he's so like a ball of just like energy and all this other stuff like that. Like the man is a former football athlete. He's probably like, you go to the PC, the man leaps up like six feet in the air. He does all these other things. He runs, he trains, he does all this other stuff to kind of get that. Put him on on backstage. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah. Uh, But, but the, but the through line of raw, which I, again, I love that raw stories all flow into each other um, is the Seth, uh, AOP, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and now Samoa Joe Angle, which I think oh, is I thought you were going to talk about the 24-7 title. <laughs> oh, that, that was cool, too. That was, I mean, hey, this is what I love about Raw. Everyone has something to do. Yeah. Akira Tozawa is killing it, man. Yes. Everyone has something to do. Like, everyone is being used in some type of capacity, and I'm not even mad at it. Like, you can be upset that Akira Tozawa isn't pulling off five-star matches, but you know what? It looks like he's having a blast doing what he's doing. And yeah. I think him hanging with R-Truth gives him a lot more TV time, just like Carmella, yeah, like last year. Like, it's, it's like it gives you a lot more TV time when you hang with established acts, and then in the end, it, it, it pays off for you. Like, Carmella got pyro now. You think if she didn't do the 24-7 thing that she would have pyro right now? I have no idea. I Hell no. no. She, would, she would be freaking uh, Sonya Deville. Mm. Be real, without pyro. Yeah, yeah, without pyro. Be real. Sonya Deville's still jobbing. <laughs> Come on, man. Poor girl. She deserves so, better too. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it with Sonya Deville. I, I really don't. I do. I like. I, it. I see it with Mandy. I don't see it with Sonya. I see. I see it with both of them in very different ways. But I see Sonya having a harder time to get to the top than Mandy. Yeah, she got the she got the MMA gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. And. Mandy is like, okay, well, first of all, she's hot, is what they're gonna say. Like, yeah. she's gorgeous. She's got the look, um, and then everything else will follow afterwards. Whether she's got skill or not doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Um, uh, what else happened on Raw? Uh, you had a really, really strong promo segment with Becky. Listen, she, she's on. A, she's on one right now. Yeah, she's killing it. I'm, she's I'm killing it. I'm feeling it. I, I love the main event, the Royal Rumble. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm feeling the again. Like they're making this match huge, and I again, like we said last week, I don't know if they planned for this to be this way when they when they did this match earlier this year, but it it has now become like you know Becky Oscar has now become like the must see feud, and I think um, Heyman has. I think Heyman is taking a very strong interest in both of these characters, and yeah. I think both of them leading up to this certain point is just like bread and butter for him. Mm-hmm. Like all of this is all of this is good at this point uh, he, there's he, no way you can go wrong with this and he can kind of book this like they're his and i, I love using ecw parallels here he can book this like it's the the taz sabu thing where it's just like mm-hmm. you know like one person wants this match so bad in the other you know it, it, it feels like a fight you know and i think that that's the strongest thing and the thing that i love the most about this feud so far is that like they haven't even had them like tut like you know physically active a lot or they've and they've had becky off the show yeah, and I think they, they've used they've used a lot of the promo stuff to kind of to put this over. And again, I, I'm really excited for it. Uh, what else happened on the Raw? Ricochet got a rebound win. 
Uh, not much happened. Not much that I would be thing to talk about. I think you know. I was still like Buddy Murphy thing was cool. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it as well. It's leading up to the match next week where you have Alistair Black versus um, Buddy Murphy, last Raw of 2019. So. And, and we have a uh, we have a wedding next week, Mill. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we have a wedding. So that that's going to happen too. Uh, but if I had a choice to say uh, what to watch, definitely watch Raw. Check out the main event. Check out the uh, the six man tag was pretty solid as well. Uh, check out the Buddy Murphy, Alistair Black stuff and anything that had to do with Seth Rollins and you'll have a pretty good show. Yeah, I think so. All right. Let's run into our year and list. The final part of it. Last year we did or not last year. Last week we did wrestler of the year, tag team of the year, female wrestler of the year, feud of the year, cringeworthy moment, most improved, least improved, hottest new story of the year and most memorable moment. That's let's a lot clean of, up the rest of the stuff. Let's clean it up. Let's start off big, man. Let's go with our match of the year. So, you know, I've been actually trying to... I like WWE's list for match of the year. I, I like when they do their list. Um, the list hasn't come out yet since they're obligated to, I guess, wait till all shows of the year are over for whatever reason. Um, however... Um, I actually want to take a look back at all these matches this year because we had a ton of great matches this year that I think just by virtue of so much wrestling being consumed mm-hmm. over the last year that we've forgotten. Like, I forgot about that killer series between Andrade and Rey Mysterio at the beginning of the year. On oh, SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've forgotten about, um, you know, the NXT TakeOver UK shows and the NXT TakeOver shows and all these other stuff. There's just so many. But to be honest with you, the, the only match of the year, it's once again, it's undisputed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, part of it for me is because I was there live and I was there losing my shit at every moment of this. The ending is still a little janky to me, but you know what? We, we just there. We're there anyway. It is Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. NXT TakeOver New York, it was by far the most, out of all the NXT um, TakeOvers I've been through, it's been the most, it was the most live at that moment. People were there for both competitors, and I think both competitors really brought out the best of each other that night. And even a match that wasn't supposed to happen the way that that was supposed to happen. Right. This was supposed to be initially Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. Tommaso Ciampa, neck injury, completely out. Adam Cole inserted into the plan. Instant classic. Two out of three falls uh, also. I think we forgot to mention that. Um, yeah. Adam Cole, Gargano, uh, their, their first match is also my match of the year. They're, I mean, the other two are great. Let's just be clear here. I, I love both of them as well. But this one, again, had all the emotion going into it. The never-say-die attitude of Johnny Gargano. And I think that the biggest X factor into this being match of the year, Johnny's second this uh in, in a year um he was he i think we did andrade he was our match last year he yeah. was our match of the year last year yeah yep. yep second one um i think he's the x factor here in terms of getting people in nxt to the next level and i think that he if, if we you know adam cole doesn't get wrestler of the year if he doesn't have this match and he doesn't have the feud with johnny let's just yeah. be clear like he doesn't reach that, he doesn't reach that next step and I think that this match was was just so instrumental in putting Adam Cole into that next level. I think when it's all said and done for the decade, we got to have a real, real conversation about Johnny Gargano and what he did for that brand for the past four and a half, five years. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, what was your runner-up, Mills? So my runner-up was Walter versus Tyler Bate, NXT TakeOver Cardiff. I, from the moment I saw that match, I mean, I love Tyler Bate. I think he is a gem that should be brought over stateside and he should just, you know, forget the UK. Like, to be honest, you forget them fools. Come over to the States, make some real money, get some real matches, fight some cool opponents. Um, Walter versus Tyler Bate. This was a match I think was... Honestly, I didn't even watch the build-up to this match. I'm not even going to hold you. I haven't watched NXT UK all year. Um, <laughs> no, my, the prime target that led into this was was spectacular. I, yeah. I really like the prime tar- target uh, special. Um, but this was the inception of, oh, my God, what is Walter's group's name? Imperium. <laughs> Imperium. And then, you know, the team, I don't know, UK Alliance. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Mustache Mountain? <laughs> Mustache Mountain. No, no, no. Mustache Mountain and, and what is it? And, and Gallus? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to What are you talking like about? <laughs> no, I thought it was him, Mustache Mountain, Pete Dunn. I thought they actually had a name. They do. Mustache Mountain. No. It, the, Pete Dunn doesn't have a mustache, damn it. He's in, <laughs> he's in Mustache Mountain. That's what they're called. I thought the tag team was just named Mustache Mountain. No, that's that's like the group. All right, I don't know about that. But um <laughs> but anyway, I thought the match was incredible. I thought it was something that for me watching it at 5 p.m. in the afternoon, not expecting anything, and just realizing every time it's like, damn, you this is why Tyler Bate is one of oh, the Oh, you know what, you know what, you know what, you know what? It's a uh, British strong style. Sorry. British strong style. There you go. Yes, British strong style. But yes, um, Tyler Bay is just one of the young goats. And I think, I don't know where he's at right now. Um, he is currently about to face uh, Jordan Devlin uh, next month. Ugh, uh, well, Jordan Devlin's real good. I, I wouldn't ugh that. He's really, really good. And he's being Walter. What are you talking? Watch the match next month, and then and then we'll talk about. No, I'm I'm, I'm going to say that because I really have no idea what the fuck is <laughs> exactly. <going>. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I, I don't I don't think you should judge Jordan Devlin. He's actually really really good. He had one of my favorite matches against Walter last year, and he had a really he has he's had a lot of great matches on NXT UK this year as well. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh that. I think that's honestly better than the main event for. I don't uh, like how tiny his shoulders are. That's all. Huh? I about Jordan Devlin. <laughs> All right, I, well, keep going. Keep going. His, his shoulders are so weird to me, but you know what? We, you know, it is what it is. Walter versus Tyler Bate. That's all I say. Let me stop before I incriminate myself even more. Um, my runner-up was Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong at NXT Takeover 25. Uh, I for an opener, I don't think I've ever been out of my seat waiting to to like see who's gonna win. I think either guy could have won this match. Um, Matt Riddle, once again, one of my favorite acts in NXT. Kind of slowed down in the past couple of months, I have to say. He's taken a lot of unnecessary losses, but I'm hoping that this is in service of something bigger for him coming. Um, he's actually even been off TV for the last two and a half, three weeks. I wonder if he's injured. Who knows? But uh, really, really, really strong match. I think Roger Strong is one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. He could get anyone over it, including himself. Um, and I, I think that I see really big things for him. Call him up already, goddammit. Um I don't think we'll go in on any more of these uh, categories as much as we go into this, but I think no matches are a very big thing within our community. Is there any other matches that you really, really love this year that you would at least like to give shine to? Uh, any matches that I really liked? I liked uh, I like Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know what? Fair. Fair. At, at, at Mania was really, really, really dope. Um, I... 
I liked. Uh, I like Becky versus Oscar the first one. Yeah, um, and, you, and you know what? It's so crazy. That's in my top three, but I just think that I, I think that you know, it just sucks that it could it couldn't make it wasn't number one. I just feel like the Gargano uh, cold yeah, match is no, so strong. No, no, of course. Um, I think the halftime heat match was something that's monumental for nxt and i think it's a great time stamp of just like okay this is the brand and this is why we'll show you this is how we became essentially the third brand yeah um, um, i liked it i liked the uh, young bucks versus lucha brothers at aw double or nothing i thought that was okay. really good turn up um <clears throat> i liked what can i say the hmm, you know the royal rumble pay-per-view was probably one of the best things coming from this year because i'll also say finn balor versus brock lesnar another great match um that was kind of left at the beginning of the year but also was very very strong i just watched it again yesterday and mm-hmm. i was like wow this match kicked all types of ass um you know what you know what else is really really dope um the the tag team ladder match at takeover 25 between undisputed era street profits lorkin and birch and the forgotten sons was really good that was really good as well um what else can I say that was really, really great this year? Um, I'm trying to think of from the women's standpoint. You know, I thought, you know, Becky did a lot of great stuff this year. I thought she had a great match with Natalia at SummerSlam. I thought Charlotte and Trish kind of surpassed all expectations. A hundred percent. So I thought those two kind of really did it up this year. I thought Shotzi um, versus uh, Brandy at Evolved uh, 10th anniversary was really dope, too. That was really amazing as well. That was my first, you know, glimpse at. Sh- Actually, it probably wasn't, but it's the first one that I'll remember um, <laughs> so thoroughly. Um, you know, it was also an interesting match this year. I wouldn't say it's one of the best from this year, but we got our first like little the massive intergender main event between Sammy Callahan and, um, gosh, uh, what's her name? Oh my God. Impact. Oh, uh, Tessa Blanchard. Tessa, Tessa Blanchard. Blanchard. That was another major thing that happened this year in terms of just like intergender telling a story, making the women seem kind of equal as the men, and they're kind of continuing yeah. the story even though her contract expires next year. Um, and she she actually has a title shot uh, at Hard to Kill next month, so yeah, so uh, be on the lookout for that as well. Boom. Um, I like the I like the Grizzled Young Vets, Gallus and Webster and Andrews tag from uh, Takeover Cardiff uh, from last summer as well. It, was there anything from the G1 that stood out to you? Oh, 100%. I'll pull that up right now. Uh, Ishii versus Shingo from Night 16. Uh, night 16. Um, I thought Osprey versus Tanahashi in Night 17 was spectacular. Um, I thought that Okada versus Kento was really, really good as well. Um, Okada and Osprey uh, from Night 7 was really dope. I thought the G1 final was, was spectacular as well. Uh, and that was really some of my strongest matches uh, of, yeah. of this year of the G1. Oh, we're forgetting another another women's match. You're gonna oh, you're gonna sure. kick yourself. You're gonna kick yourself for forgetting this. EO versus uh Larray. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was again a fantastic opener to the match. Really kind of on, stole the show. On a card that had Miriam versus Shayna Baszler. Oof. Yes. <laughs> and we'll talk about we'll talk about that match a little bit later. Um so many, so many good things from this year. So you know what? I wish I could make a playlist and kind of share it with it all. Maybe I will one day. But you know, it's, it's a lot of good stuff from this year. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to guilty pleasure of the year. I'll say that my guilty pleasure of the year was watching Impact Wrestling. I watched it a lot more than I expected to this year. I think that they have a a, a couple of 
I wouldn't say they have the greatest performers. They've pretty much lost everyone this year. Uh, but I think they have some really cool personalities, and that goes for like our Rob Van Dam's new character reinvention. Uh, Scott Steiner with yeah. legs. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed Katie Forbes. I really enjoyed Tessa Blanchard. I really enjoyed uh, for for one, Sammy Callahan had actually you know in, entertained me for once. Um, I, I think that it's it's kind of just like this really grimy gritty wrestling like if you even look at it now the production values are so low it's so insane oh yeah uh, it's fucking dirt <laughs> but i i watched impact more than i watched roh as my kind of like fringe fourth brand that i watch uh, you know every single year and i think that's my biggest guilty pleasure what about you mills i think my biggest guilty pleasure was orange cassidy aew <laughs> i love him i can't say they they've done everything right with him I'm waiting for them to do him wrong so I could just completely tune out. Oh, it'll happen. But Orange, <laughs> but Orange Cassidy has just been the wave. It's been the vibe. He's been everything. The gifts, the the memes, the moments, everything. I just wait for where he shows up in the show. And, you know, Orange Cassidy, I'm a fan. That's all I can say. Uh, next one, pay-per-view or slash special of the year. And that goes for any brand uh i think we we got a clean sweep here uh nxt takeover in new york was my 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 show of the my show of the year and yours as well yeah it helps that i was there (laughs) (laughs) it helps that i was there it was fantastic i had a great time with jamal it was a it was just looking at it the card from top to bottom completely stacked um everyone just kind of showed up showed out the crowd was electric all night it it was just really really good two five-star matches in my opinion on the same show um would the, would the first one be the tag match the yes, final? It is. yes yes thank it you. is thank you um uh, of course um and and just everything like that i didn't put a runner-up but now that i watched it yesterday the royal rumble from earlier this year you talk about a card they didn't so they had the women's royal rumble which yeah. was won by god who's that becky lynch. Becky lynch. Becky lynch. <laughs> um the men's royal rumble which was won by seth rollins they had a nice little cute tag team match. It was a tag team match somewhere. I think it was like the bar versus Shane and Miz or something like that. Yes. But then they had Becky versus Asuka. Then they had um, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Then they had Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. And you're like, holy uh, well, shit. Well, on they, the had, they had Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks, too. Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks, too, which was like, I mean... That's a card. They had to fill up the entire Chase Field, and they filled that up. I mean, 50,000 people. They kind of set the new bar for, like, Royal Rumbles because now all these Royal Rumbles are just going in fields and stadiums now. Yeah. I, so, I, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was a, a tremendous, tremendous Royal Rumble. And you know what? I didn't have a runner-up, but I'm inclined to, to, to go with you there on your choice as well. I thought Royal Rumble was spectacular this year. And yeah. in a lot of ways, I thought the big four pay-per-views all delivered, like especially right down to Mania, right down to even Survivor Series. Yeah, they? as they should. For f- Finally, for once, as they damn should. Yeah, I, I don't think there was a weak big four this year, and that's absolutely insane to me. Uh, I, I hope they continue this uh, into 2020. But yeah, Royal Rumble is also our runner-up for the year. Uh, most tasteless promotional tactic. Mills, I feel like you got something to say about this one. Go ahead and say, and say yours. The most tasteless one by far had to be Cody Rhodes taking that little hammer that he is and decided to smash that cardboard throne that he had. I think just in general, 
there's so much that could be said about AEW and how they weren't competition and how they didn't want to be sort of, they didn't want to focus on WWE or none of the other rather fact. But I think there's a hint. Actually, there's more than a hint. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) A lot of this being attributed to Cody Rhodes' potential lack of success in WWE and seeing a lot of things happen that he feel like he should have been in line for. Maybe, I mean, the word entitled could go around. I mean, it, it definitely could be. Feels like things that he should have been entitled to that he wasn't at the time. And AEW is just him kind of manifesting that. And I think the the true shot of that and the true thing of that was... Cody Rhodes coming out on, on this stupid throne thing and then destroying it and like the weak ass explosions that came out of it. It was just corny. I think it, it was just like, what, what was the point? What, like you guys said that you wanted to be an alternative, be an alternative, you know, yeah. and even right down to the TV, like this was, and I even said it then and you said it then too. Like, this is literally the beginning of, this is the beginning of, of how things like this end. It's like this type of stuff comes with karma. This type of stuff comes with something that, like, and even on WWE's end, when they do petty stuff, you know, they, they had to eat that. When WCW did petty stuff, they had to eat that. Every single time they do something petty, it bites them in the ass. Every yep. single time. This, is, this, was, this was no exception. I, I think that this really set the tone for what this brand was going to be. And I think in a neg- it, it kind of posited it negatively and positively on a lot of different ends. Like a lot, a lot of people are like, yeah, this is awesome. They should do that. But then when WWE shoots back, it's like, wait a minute, y'all can't do that. You guys are too oh, big. Look at them. Look yeah. at them, including WWE stars on their own, you know, on NXT. They're not playing fair. And it's like, well, first of all, it's the WWE. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. But, you know, it, it, yeah, I thought it was more so more so than tasteless. I thought it was incredibly tacky, especially for the first major show that you got out the year and kind of wanted to make this stupid ass statement. I thought it was super, super tacky. Absolutely. Uh, my most tasty promotional tactic was Saudi Arabia again. Um, this will never I think as long as they do this, it will always end up somewhere on this category for me. I'm sorry. It just just will. Even if they, even if Crown Jewel was was a solid show this year, I just think that the stench of it is too it's it's, it's too big to ignore. You know, um, I, I really think that. Have you seen all of the celebrities that are going over to, to Saudi Arabia to uh, to the same pl- to KSA to the, the same place that uh, the WWE goes? Have you seen it? No, I haven't actually. Like uh, like uh, Jason Derulo went. Lil Wayne is gone. I think uh, Ryan Phillippe went over. Like there was this huge party in it Saudi Arabia. Like, it sounds like a rush for the bag, bro. It, 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 <laughs> the bag it, rush. People were people were rightfully killing them for it. And, and I think that you know I, I think you need to look at the way people react to that and think of it the, the way that WWE has been reacted to for what they're doing as well. Everyone is getting the Saudi bag. It's not just them. And I, and I think that it's, it's just as tasteless and just as kind of bad for these people to be doing that, too. But it's just like, you know, it is still very, very uh, kind of touchy over there. More than touchy. I mean, someone died, you know, and, and people are just acting like, oh, we're, we're doing something good for, for the, women, the men and women. What about the, the queer community over there that get killed for just being gay? Yeah. Like it, it is it is huge. A huge problem that they're going over here and and treating this like it's okay. And I think that until they fix it, I think we'll we'll see less. 
you know, it, we have to cover these shows at times, you know, we have to yeah. talk about what happens on them. And WWE just made all these shows way more harder to miss because they put big matches like The Fiend and Seth Rollins on there where we saw a title change on the show. I mean, or they did actually they did actually push for the women to be involved on the show, and then they were this year. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's just... It, the, uh, the, and the, now I think they're going there twice a year. Yeah. The, the stench will, will not go away from this. I think the next one's supposed to be in, like, May. So we'll see what happens there, but I, I, just, I just won't get over the, how shitty it was and then you, you couple that with the 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 flight delay stuff that was just yeah. a terrible news story for a couple of days even you know we joked it and stuff like that but it was still just it, it's it's a lot of unnecessary publicity for wwe that, that it's just in a year where they all get called out for all types of things it just adds to the to the list it's just terrible i agree um let's go to the worst match of the year i think okay Pretty my much worst. a clean sweep here. Go ahead. Yeah, my worst match of the year: Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. Whoo! Boy, did that stink. <laughs> Let me tell you how that stink. It stunk. And you know, I would say actually, I probably want to say my runner-up. I had, I you know what? I don't even know what I enjoyed less <laughs> out of these matches that I put on the card. But I'm going to give it to Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins just because I felt like I was. Not only did the match suck, but then the result also sucked. So Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell, the whole circumstances behind it. I mean, you can go back and listen to the episode. It's not really that far back. But my entire disdain with how this went down, with the shitty booking of it all, with them, everyone going too soon. I think everything was too soon with Bray Wyatt and things like that. And then they kind of like doubled down when they announced it for the the the, the Saudi pay-per-view Um later in that month and then they put the title on Bray Wyatt anyway but the circumstances around this the match was terrible the story they were trying to tell is terrible the lighting was terrible the fact that Helena Cell ended in a no contest was terrible mm-hmm. everything about it was bad yeah i it should have never been booked let's can yeah. we just be can we just be honest here like there were so many factors that went into what happened after this match. Obviously, the Fox the Fox thing was coming up or had come up already. The, the roster was about to be changed. You could have just kept it on Seth, yeah, and, and moved and moved the fiend over without all of this chicanery where they're on two different shows and they have to do this match and he never beat him and he's scared of him. Like it, it was just just ill advised and and I think that it, it just didn't make any sense to me. Like it, it was a terrible match red freaking light that everyone hates and they still do it just stop it i, th- I think that's really kind of kind of also relegated the fiend to just a whatever to me I, it, it ended up proving us right this was the first time we, we had seen him wrestle a long match it, he was just bray with a mask on yeah and that and that's where it laid um what was your your runner-up Bills? so my runner-up i hate that i had to do this because i like me um but Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler at NXT TakeOver Toronto, the chemistry was so off. Everything was so off. And and it's weird considering I know that they've done this match previous times on the house show circuit before. And I'm not sure if it was just a bad night or something of the rather. But everything from the spots to the story to... The fact that it was on after that Candace and EO match would kind of tore the place off and tore we the should, roof off. And they should have swapped those matches. Oh, yeah. If, if Shayna was going to still win. But one was the women's them. championship match. So it's like, how do you swap that? You know, how do you swap that for a match that's just like, 
They should have known isn't. EO and they should have known EO and Candace were coming for blood. That's all I gotta <laughs> say. They should have known. <laughs> the medium and Shayna Baszler, I'd say the feud was great. I'd say the feud was good leading up to it in terms of just like a very aggressive opposition to Shayna Baszler. It's not so much someone where it was like cute and it's like, oh, I'm going to beat you based on pure skills. Like Mia Yim was like, now nah, I'm going to put my foot in your ass and that's how I'm going to beat you. She, like, she was like cheating in that match, right? I don't even remember, bro. I try to block it out my mind. She was mind. like, she was, was healing. She was, she was trying to out cheat Shayna. Like she poked her in the eye or something like that. She was doing some really weird character stuff in that match that they ne- they've never followed up on to this day. <laughs> I, I think the, the entire thing, it just, it just went bad. I like Mia Yim overall i think she's just got great effort and puts a lot of great things in the matches and she can have she does have great matches on nxt don't get me wrong however this match just ain't hit i think with Shayna's, to be honest with you i don't think a lot of people have a great match with Shayna because Shayna. Shayna dominant type character yeah and a dominant and i think she's very dominant in the ring and then also it's like the the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, but more so the ups and downs of a match that you kind of expect to bring you in and take you out and bring you in and take you out are missing from her matches unless there's a certain p- person involved. Rhea, like, Rhea, I think what, Rhea match is the perfect example of what you're talking about, where they, yeah. had, they had the BS in the match. And then yeah. it, it kind of uh, the, the, oh, the overbooking, if you will, it need, her, her matches need overbooking in order for them to take right. the next level. Because then it, if it doesn't, it's just like this kind of like straight path of just like action, action, action. But when you had that that Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler match, it took you here. A kick out took you somewhere else. And then like the interference took you somewhere else. And the fact they were able to capitalize on that and all this other stuff. I knew that would happen when Shayna would lose <laughs> because I just felt like when they were going to make her lose, they were going to go out all big and pull out all the stops. Mm-hmm. But, like, this match had none of that. It fell flat, and I feel so bad for them, but it was just bad. It, it just was. Luckily, Mia did uh, – she, she did rebound from this very strongly at the end of oh, the yeah. And she'd become, to me, one of one of my favorite uh, characters on the show now. But I then – yikes. Not, not, not very good. Um, my worst match of the year was uh, Kenta versus Bad Luck Fale from Night 13 of <laughs> Kenta hasn't surprised me or shocked me or been necessarily that uh, great to me in his New Japan run, other, you know, besides the Okada match, I think. But I think that this match is just stop, stop putting Fale in matches with, with guys that you're trying to get over. It just didn't make any sense to me. It was a bad match. Uh, not much more to say from that, but I, I, I generally find the good in everything, whether it be New Japan, AEW, WWE, whatever. So it's really hard for me to find a, a worse match of the year because I, I, I think of them all within a vacuum. Um, it seems as though you don't want to do worst wrestler of the year meals. Why is that? Nah, I was so mean spirited. It's gonna and I and it was hard for me to find in a year where everyone was pretty decent. It was hard for me to find an actual terrible wrestler this year because it's just I, I don't want to do it. It's too like. Everyone's doing okay. Like, just, you know, I, I wish the best for everybody. I can't say anyone was pretty. If there was someone who was, like, outstandingly terrible to me, I would have said it. But no one has been. Even Dana Brooke learned her fifth move. So it's like. Some people, some people would say that Seth Rollins is the worst wrestler of the year. Uh, I don't agree with those people, and I don't know who those people are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, no, 
no re- worst wrestler of the year this year. So you guys are safe for yet another year. Now next year, if there's someone that, that falls under that, if there's we, someone who stinks it up, you'll know. Trust we, me. We might have to revive this. Uh, worst feud of the year. I'm going to call this one in the ring. What did you say, uh, Meals? I said Becky versus Lacey Evans because that Yikes. feud stunk big stinks. And Yikes. It was. If you say the Bray Wyatt Seth Rollins feud should have never happened, this shit should have never happened either. Because, boy. You gave. I appreciate them doing and giving Becky a new opponent and kind of debuting Lacey at the same time, but whew, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Becky versus Lacey wasn't it. Um, my dispute of the year had to be Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> oh, I could see that. I could see that. I think you know I'm gonna make that my runner-up because I hate Dolph Ziggler. I think that for a large part of Kofi's title reign, um, he was up against people that we didn't really care for or care about, whereas he could have been going against Nakamura or Andrade or somebody like that. But he instead, we got Samoa Joe, you know, and Dolph Ziggler. And I think the Dolph Ziggler one was even more crazy because when he came out and he, he beat up uh, Kofi, remember he just came out of nowhere and beat him up. Your, yeah. your Twitter <laughs> was hilarious that day because you did not want <laughs> that to be the first. That's like the Kane. Remember when they used, yeah. to, they used to put the, the belt on somebody and their, and their first opponent would be Kane? Of course. Every time? That's the, he's the new Kane. And, and I, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish up. And, and I think that, you know, the matches didn't surprise me. They, didn't, they, they weren't really that good. I don't think him and Dolph have really great chemistry. Even, like, Dolph usually has pretty good chemistry with everybody. Just in terms of just the way he works at WWE style better than anybody, I think, on the roster. But They're both two WWE style together for yeah. this modern era. In 2019, where the style of wrestling has changed so much since the style of 2009, both of them kind of wrestle. I don't want to say they both wrestle 2009 style, but they're both cut from the same cloth of that Deep South build where... You know, wrestling was a little bit different at that time, and it was a lot more rest holes and headlocks and not enough near falls and and big moves. So they're both cut from that same kind of cloth, in my opinion. So, yeah, Um, my runner up, I'm I'm calling this in the ring as well. Um, I had several runner ups now that I think about it, but probably the one that sticks out most in my head for the worst for you to this year has to be Brock Lesnar versus Kane Velasquez. Wow. <laughs> very, very good choice. Very good wow. choice. Wow. What a terrible <laughs> idea that was. First of all, he was injured. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> they were just like, no, we're still gonna trot him out and have this match. No, we're not gonna ass, give Kofi a good match. Break. Had a big yeah. ass mood break on. Yeah, out of shape, looked terrible. It's like 10 years after it should have happened. King Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar. Boo stinks. Oh god. Boo earns. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say my runner-up is Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin from the summer. Um, I, I'd say that like, too. I'd say my tie, and, and again, Seth suffered the same issue that that Kofi did, but on a weaker roster because the, the Raw roster was very weak this summer. He had he had no one, whereas Kofi had a plethora of people. And like we said before, Raw is utilizing everyone now to a point where we're seeing really cool matchups that we usually would never see. And I say if you had Seth be the Universal Champion over the summer, that would have that would have definitely changed. But having him face Baron Corbin for three months out of the summer and then kind of dovetail into Braun Strowman into the Fiend, not a very good summer and fall for Seth Rollins as no. the champion. Like n- not very good at all. And then, and then having to face Brock again for no reason. Remember that? How, how weird was that? 
It was weird, but it was it was honestly the probably the best. It was the it was the only result that could have happened. To be honest with you, I couldn't expect any. I didn't expect anyone else to go against Brock. In my opinion, like for Brock to win the the Money in the Bank, then cash in. Oh, and then cash in, and then kind of like retell the same story. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I thought both matches were good. I thought the SummerSlam match was better. I thought that Seth was more sympathetic in, in the uh, SummerSlam match. But, like, what what a weird – when I think about it now, it's really weird circumstance that, that Brock won the title back for seemingly no reason for a month and then lost it again. Well, that's Brock. <laughs> Why not? Whatever. Uh, worst pay-per-view of the year. I am going to go on a limb and say Hell in a Cell 2019 was my worst. Um, it was a one-match show. Let's just be honest here. It was Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch, and then there was nothing else. You, of, co- you of course, had our worst match of the year on this card. Uh, and you had a, a bunch of other stinkers. Let, let's, go, let's go through them, if you will. Uh, sure. you, had, uh, you had Ali versus Orton. Eh. You had Kabuki Warriors versus uh, Bliss and Cross, which was eh, serviceable. You had the OC on there versus who, who, who are the Beards? Who's who? Who those? No, 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 no. I know who they faced. It was a bad match too. You had Gable and Corbin, which was not as good as their matches on TV, and you had Bailey and Charlotte, which was just perplexing in in how weird that match was. Because Charlotte beat Bailey for no reason, and then lost the title in a week and a half. Yeah, it, it was just make it make sense territory. Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, my worst pay per view, WWE Super Showdown, um, two thousand nineteen. I had forgotten about this. Um, forgot about it because it was terrible. Uh, let's see. I'm trying Did to pull watch, up the card I right think, now. I don't think I watched this. Oh my god! So it had actually it had that great match between Demon Finn versus Andrade, which I thought was great. It had Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin, which is just you know make up for any terrible. Um, Lars Sullivan defeated the Lucha House Party. Okay. Um, Randy Orton versus Triple H. Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. There was a 50-man, 51-man battle. It was originally 50-man, and then it was like, you know who should win? Mansoor, um, (laughs) who's never in anything, but has an undefeated streak at all Saudi shows. Um, And then, of course, Undertaker versus Goldberg, which... uh, it's kind of capped off a hot, sweaty. It's a sneaky. Evening. It's a sneaky classic. That's a sneaky. It's a classic. sneaky classic. Yes, it's a sneaky classic. <laughs> it's a sneaky depending classic. On, <laughs> depending on who you ask, we we give it a lot more credit than it probably deserves, but it it, it wasn't supposed to. You can tell it wasn't supposed to be as bad as it ended up being. I uh, Mark Goldberg. My runner-up is AEW Fight for the Fallen. I thought that was show was just objectively meh. It, you could have put that on TV. Uh, for free and it would have had the same response like it just didn't it just wasn't a, a very good show from top to bottom to me yeah i don't have a i don't have a runner-up so i'll just agree with you on one of your picks helena cell might have been pretty terrible now that you talk about it one match show <laughs> uh most confused oh boy most confusing booking i'm not gonna i'm not going to you know talk too much about it because i think people have already heard my case on several occasions but charlotte most confusing book and decision is by far charlotte defeats oscar for the championship on smackdown at the beginning of smackdown only to lose it eight days later at the pay-per-view just to make another match seem seemingly stronger than it was oh what sounds familiar 
maybe because it happened later this year, where Charlotte also defeated um, Charlotte also. First of all, it happened twice later that year. Charlotte also defeated Becky Lynch to also lose the title to Bailey as she cashed in Money in the Bank, and then Charlotte once again defeated Bailey to win the championship, only to lose it seven days later on SmackDown. <laughs> on SmackDown or whatever, how many days later? To make sure that Bailey is a heel all over again. Padding I, was the at that show. I, I was at that show where she lost it to Bailey, who turned heel. And I was like, okay, that was certainly a choice. Because I had seen Charlotte earlier that day at the uh, the 2K event. And Chilling, smiling. With the belt. And, with the belt, of course. Uh, I was like, how could she smile through it all? <laughs> <laughs> because she don't care, bro. <laughs> she don't oh, care. God. Oh, God. Uh yeah, that, that make it make sense. Hive, you you you've gotten your own hive of people wanting to make it make sense. So I think that you got, you got a lot out of that. As long as we make it make sense, though, then I'm one good. of our greatest arguments, I have to say. I easily easily. <laughs> um, my most confusing booking decision is not too far from the tree here. Uh, Shanna Baszler defeating everyone all year. Yeah, just wiping out the entire NXT women's division so bad that they had to import people from another country. To come and play actual competition to her. No, I'm not saying that Be- Bianca Belair should have won, but you shouldn't have beat her twice. Yeah, that was strange. I'm not saying Io Shirai should have won, but you shouldn't have beat her twice either. I'm not saying Candice LeRae didn't have a great match with Shayna Baszler, but I wouldn't have had you. I wouldn't have even done that. I feel match. like she beat her twice too. <laughs> I think she did beat her twice. I'm not. <laughs> I could just go on and on with everyone. She's beaten everyone she, twice. She's, she's beaten up her everyone. friends, her foes, her opponents, new girls, old girls, old girls who were on injury, then came back. She beat them again after they came back from injury. She beat everyone at least twice. Let's be clear. Did is this worse than Oscar? Yes. Is this worse than Oscar? Um. Hmm. Yes, because there were so many more viable contenders and viable champions with Shayna that just went uncrowned. And with Asuka, it was clearly after the Four Horsewomen era, and they still had no one that they felt like could have carried the belt. It was a lot of Payne Royces and Nikki Crosses and and uh, and uh, Nia Jaxes and all these other people that Oscar kind of faced that maybe weren't you didn't you couldn't see actually just being the bearer of the division. However, when you just go over the names that you cross, a like Candice LeRae, a Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, um, you know, all these type of people that you just named off, you're like any of them could have been champion, yeah. to be honest. Here's my thing, I'm not saying they should have won, but don't beat them twice like i just so it seemed as though before the nxt got on usa there was no creative direction for this show now i'm not going to say that that's happening now i think nxt has been undefeated for to me for three whole months which is unheard of for a weekly wrestling show like they air the show every week and every single every single week it's, it's must watch but when before they got there china wasn't even on tv <laughs> she wasn't even showing up yeah she was just chilling so let's be clear here, man. Like, it, I, I think her beating everyone is, is just really ill, ill-advised and short-sighted by NXT booking. And to me, the most confusing booking decision of the year. Mills, what was your, your runner-up here? 
my runner-up was Brock Lesnar winning Money in the Bank. For what? Yeah, I don't know. You have one. You have one briefcase now. You have so many opportunities for so many guys. Let's see who else was in that match, by the way, because I want to see who else that Brock Lesnar just stripped it. I mean, Ali was in that match. I think that's the one that stands out the most because he essentially got killed <laughs> by yeah. Brock Lesnar. He threw um, him to, to freaking Ohio. Yeah. Um, let's see who else was in that match. So in that match, we had Ali, Andrade could have used it, Baron Corbin. Could have used it. I, I would have bought a second one and tried to right his wrong. Drew McIntyre, probably the person who I thought was going to win it. I think um, we all thought he was going to win. Finn Balor, um, someone who probably needed to win it, but after rumors found out that he was taking time off, probably had no business winning it. Um, Randy Orton and Ricochet. All of them blue chipper guys, except maybe Randy Orton. Um who could have won it and could have elevated to the next thing. And then they said, you know what? It was cool if Brock Lesnar comes in. This is some shit that I would make up. That's how I know it's kind of like weird. Because it was like, you know what would be cool if Brock Lesnar came in and just like housed everyone and just walked in at the end and won the thing. And then they did it. And I was like, oof, God, poor everyone. So I think that I think in terms of just that, I think you get to Seth Brock and you don't need to do that. Yeah, you could have just had Brock show up and, and yeah, just beat, beat him. Up the, yeah, beat we him didn't up. even need to do extreme rules pay per views. Show him up, he beats him. Bada bing, bada boom. Rematch, SummerSlam. Bada bing, bada boom. That's it. That's all you needed. Yeah. Um, my runner up was not giving Kenny Omega the AEW title and having Chris Jericho win it over him, or just not giving it to him at all. And in, in the last three or four months since they've been on TV, I think that they have severely. Dis, disengaged Kenny Omega in a lot of ways. I feel like he's just a guy on their TV. I, I, I'm actually less interested in AEW because he is not in a, a big position. This is a guy who was the biggest free agent in wrestling. In wrestling earlier this year, 100%. Yeah. And now, we, and we said it, and I said it back then, I was like, I feel as though it would be a really big mistake for him to go to AEW. I just, I just had a feeling. And I was right. This guy's, I mean, other than that, the, the death match with, with Moxley, which I think is a little overrated, and the, the random matches with Pac and him being on AEW Dark, which, I mean, I don't even have to have a TV to watch. He's not been the big star that they kind of touted him as, and they probably spent so much money on getting him. Like, they probably overpaid for what they're doing to him right now. 100%, yeah. He is not... You know, him coming to America full-time was supposed to be a big deal, Neil. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, was, it has never happened before. For him being in a major American company, I'm not saying WWE would book him better. I'm not saying ROH would have booked him better. I, he could have stayed in New Japan for all of this. No, I think WWE would have booked him better. <laughs> he, he looks really, really silly out there. He and looks he, very pedestrian among a very pedestrian roster. He looks almost before when he was superhuman in New Japan and kind of having these classics, these Broadways, these 60 minute Broadways that everyone was you know, clamoring about. He was one of our I think he was one of our picks for um, either match of the year or wrestler of the year quite a number of years ago. But he was the guy on top. And now he seems awfully pedestrian. He's having these matches. He's losing these matches. He's losing the steam. While I don't agree that 
he should have been the first champion. He should at least have been the first contender. Thank you you. want to build up. You want to build up that guy. You want to build a company around that guy. And that's a lot what I was saying when we were talking about the free agency of Kenny Omega. I was like, there's a. I mean, there's two ways you can go about it. You can go all in on yourself, which would be going to AEW, in my opinion, and just like you have a stake in a major company. You have a stake. You have the chance to kind of write the history for this company that hasn't existed. Or you could go to WWE, where chances are they will treat you how you want. How you should be treated. Um, and you'll have that grind to the top and you'll face a bunch of people you've never faced before in a system that you've never been in before. I think, I think had he had gone to, gone there in January, he would be, cha- he would probably have been the WWE champion twice at this point. I think, I think that, I think that a lot of things that, that, that happened this year wouldn't have happened. I don't think Brock wins money in the bank. Um, but on the I other, think he thing, has a meaningful match with AJ Styles at this point. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you can still have Mania happen the way that it happened. I think you can still have Kofi win. You can still have Seth Rollins win. Um, but I think that Kenny Omega definitely is someone who gives us not who, who kind of alleviates us from seeing Kofi versus Ziggler or and or Baron versus uh, Seth over the summertime. I think we get one either or. You know what I'm saying? It's just like we finally get possibly that new day Kenny Omega elite match that we wanted to see, you know, so right. like, at the end of the day, like, I, I just feel like right now Kenny's being wasted. And I, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think people aren't being really honest about that fact. It, it's like, yo, he is doing nothing. He's treading water. If this, if you wanted to, to put a, a parallel to it, he reminds me of Cesaro right now in AEW. Mm. He beats guys he should beat, but when it comes to like, you know, really top level stuff, he's just not going to win. Right. No, I agree. I agree. It's so a, yeah, yeah. Most confusing booking, and let's let's end this up right now with most overrated. Oof, what a bad thing to end on. I feel so bad about you know, but I don't. I feel bad, but not that it bad. It was his choice. Um, most overrated for me. I I think it was a clean sweep between the both of us. It is John the Moxley. No, it's John Moxley. Um, John Moxley, man. Someone talk to him. Be honest. Just without the glow of the E, without the smokes and mirrors. I don't know. It's just a lot. Can he just have a non-death match? Really good non-death match match. Like no. I know this. Is, I know this is what he's wanted, but it ain't hitting the same. It just isn't. And maybe his. I think you can explain it better than me. I, it's just, it doesn't hit the same. Well, listen, outside of the WWE gloss and glimmer, you, I think, I think Moxley is very much a product of that production. I think you take that production away and you see how regular he really looks and really is. I, I and then and, and by comparison, I'm not just saying it's an AEW. I think that if you look at new Japan, he's presented as a bigger deal production wise, even with the way that he, that he premiered himself in new Japan with that video. And all that stuff, like the, the way that they present him is, is, is key. They don't present, and this is a problem with AEW in general, they don't present him as if he is a big deal, former WWE champion, former US champion, former tag champion, whatever, whatever. They don't present him like that. They present him as just a guy. He's just a guy on, this, on the show too. Like we could, we could, put, we could put anybody in, the, in, the, in that position where, where Moxley is right now in AEW. You could put Darby Allin in that position. It'd be the same thing. Yeah, he, he's just a guy. Like I, I just feel like they gave him a win over Kenny f- for what? 
You know what I'm saying? Like it, it didn't it didn't really matter. And now they're and now we're about to see and be clear, we're about to see Jericho and, Mo, and, and, and Moxley again. And we've seen this before. And we right. hated it, we hated it then. Hmm. People are gonna act like they liked it, Mila. People are gonna act like they like this next year. Oh. They're gonna act like they like it. And and that goes for everything. And, and I think his New Japan run has been sizably a lot better than the AEW one, even though I don't think either of them are, are I think there's someone way more overrated on the New Japan side than Moxley is right now. But I think that as far as just in AEW and you in the US right now, I think that once you take away the production and the shine of the WWE, he I, I'm glad he's happier. Let's be clear. I'm glad he's happier. Don't get me wrong here. I'm glad he's happy where he's at, but he just doesn't look as, as big of a deal as he was in the WWE. I agree. My runner-up was The Fiend. Boy. Talk to him. <laughs> Boy, is The Fiend just still The Fiend? <laughs> is, he, is Bray Wyatt just Bray Wyatt where you put a mask on him or you don't? He's just still Bray Wyatt. He's, still man, a he's actually put a lot less effort into his matches. I mean, it's more so into the gimmick. I get to understand. The gimmick is supposed to be the smoke and mirrors and all the other cool stuff around him. However, the actual wrestler, the man himself... The wrestler himself has done the least, and he can continue to do the least throughout the rest of the year. I don't see it for him. I don't see why he's champion right now. I don't agree with him being champion. But you know what? They're going to get their fake money however they get it with their $7,000 belts and all this other stuff like that. So, you know, it is what it is. I, I realize that he is respected amongst the boys. That is fantastic. I'm sure he's great. He's a great third-generation star. I'm sure he has a great attitude, all this other stuff like that. I personally don't see it for him. Stop trying to make him a thing. Well, he's not going to be a thing. He has a fun, cool pop unboxing video on WWE.com. He's making way too much money. Uh, way too much money. Way too much money. <laughs> my uh, my runner-up uh, is Kenta. Uh, I mentioned earlier there was another New Japan guy that was more overrated. Listen, I'm glad he's happy where he's at. Stop acting like his matches are John Blaze, and this is the Kenta from 2006. He is not. He is very much... The Kenta from 205 Live. Just be honest with yourself. <laughs> you know I went in on Kenta when he left. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna let y'all go back and hear that. But just just be honest with yourself. And that is us being honest with all of you for our year end list for 2019. A spectacular year in wrestling, a very uh, I have to say diverse year in wrestling as well, just in terms of just looking back at all the choices that we had uh, by brand, by, by wrestler, by, you know, gender and everything, just a crazy year in wrestling. 2020 is shaping up to be absolutely crazy. And I want to thank you guys for listening to the EA show, uh, with myself and meals. This is the next to last episode before the end of the year, we will be squeezing in right. No, I think our next episode is going to be on the first, right? Yeah. It's going to be on the first. Yeah. So our next, next week when we, when we talk to you guys from 2020, Ooh. We will we will uh, be talking about the latest and greatest and and uh, in, in all of wrestling. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some some Lashley Lana wedding talk to talk to you about and some more stuff that happens. I think uh, there's a new Japan show coming up. Uh, uh, yeah, there's there is Wrestle Kingdom happens uh, in, in a week from now. Yeah, a week from Saturday, Wrestle Kingdom will be happening. Wow, wow, Wrestle Kingdom! I can stay up and watch. So uh, turn that up. Yeah, I won't, but you know. <laughs> I'll see it in the morning. I'll see it at sane hours with everybody else. But yes. Oh my God. But but yes, as always, thank you, Mills, once again for for uh doing the show with me and, and being so such a great co-host. I, I love you to death. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Uh after this week of food poisoning and now 
having to do three hours of podcasts to make it up all in a row. We are done. We are finished. We are done. We are done. And you yourself doing multiple podcasts yesterday in itself. I'm sure more than three hours. Yes, um, absolutely. Uh, so you can check me out on RSBN this week, uh, filling in for Jeff. I'm on there with Mark and Cornell Gunther, our good friend. Uh, I'm also on Spot Callers. Uh, this week with Cyrus reviewing, as we said earlier in the show, December to December 2006. And later this week, we'll have a very special episode of Late Fees, a holiday episode. Where we'll talk about Adam Sandler's Uncut Gems and we'll try and decide, is it a Christmas movie or not? I am on this week. I am on the lookout with Jeff. It is a season finale of season six where we finish talking about the Saiyan saga. We also make a big announcement. Um, go and listen to it. If you, I mean, if you can't have the thing to listen to it, we're going to be expanding. I'll say that. So just make sure you go back and you listen to that. Um, I will also be featured on the homie Jamal's Big Eyes podcast. As we're talking about the latest chapter um, of Dragon Ball. It's Dragon Ball Super Manga. The show isn't back, but the manga is still in full swing. So you can definitely listen to that. Um, what else did I record today? Oh, I recorded this. So of course, I'm on the A show. Hey. Um, <laughs> but um, also... The it's a challenge podcast its finale was last week you can go back to listen to the entire season if you want to binge the challenge over your holiday break make sure you listen to that um we also had chatting with nelson that dropped today featuring the boys of the forecast that includes steve rob brandon make sure you listen to that as well um and so much more there's so much more from rnc this week you thought it was over for the end of the year but we just keep trucking out content so um yeah stay tuned stay stay ready at all times Absolutely. And for Mills, I'm Justin. Until next week, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Peace. Happy Rusev Day, too. Don't forget that.